Walt Disney. Yes. Beloved, beloved figure of our of our pop culture. That's how they get you. Yada, yada yada. She eventually causes her own husband to be burned to death. And that makes me so happy on cold nights. It especially ended badly for the idiot Peckerwoods. Have a bottle oh, of wow. scotch. Okay, that's twice that he's mentioned redheads. <laughs> it is un-American to get in the way of our freedom to restrict people's freedoms. That was the point. Okay. Title. Yeah. Okay. But, I know plenty about but, these things. But, I love me some Bobby Drake. Yeah, well, yeah, if that's flame, all we've got, then we're darts. being really lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all bone. You can literally poke a hole in it as soon as someone gets pneumonia. Well, I'm yeah, not as old as you. Well, haha, motherfucker, I got a wizard. connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a uh, distance learning history teacher uh, here in Northern California right now. Uh, and I am uh, happily married now for five years and uh, have a two and a half year old little boy uh, who uh, this evening gave us uh, quite a run for our money trying to get him to go to sleep. So, uh, if anybody out there in our audience has any tips on how to get a toddler to go to sleep in less than an hour and a half, <laughs> um, you can send them to me at uh, Mr. Blaylock uh, on uh, Twitter uh, and uh, to uh, E.H. Blaylock uh, on uh, Instagram. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Mr. Blaylock on Instagram and E.H. Blaylock on Twitter. And uh, please, please. I beg of you, <laughs> if if you know how to do it, I I need I teach me your ways. Uh, and so, who are you? Uh, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a soon-to-be distance Latin teacher. Uh, I am the father of a ten and eight-year-old. We won't speak of my marital status because there's none to speak of. Um, however, having gone through what you've gone through uh, to the nth degree, as you know, my my yeah. son was the worst sleeper who ever slept. Uh, now he sleeps fine, by the way. So A, you're going to get through it. Good. And B, okay. did and I, I shit you not, did you try tickling him tonight? No. There you go. So here's here's what here's what you need to do. First off, recognize okay. the fact that the smoke has kept everybody inside, so he's stir crazy as fuck and he's not getting the energy out that he needs cuz he's two and a half. Yeah. That's okay. Right. That's a given. Yeah. A way to yeah. get that energy out, though, is if you tickle him. Now, I have a rule. Uh, my favorite part of tickling is when a kid says stop and I stop because I think that's a good thing to teach them. Um, but when you're tickling your kid, he's seizing all of his muscles up. It's joyous. It's warm, cuddly, touchy. Um, and so it resets his brain from stress, stress, stress to a stress relief. And, okay. and you're tiring him out muscularly on some level. This won't okay. always work, but sometimes it's just enough to get him out of whatever zone he was in into a zone that actually works for him. So try okay. tickling the shit out of him. Okay, I yeah. will I will give that a try probably tomorrow night. All right. Yeah. That's if Thank you're you running for that. into the like if he normally goes down in 20 and if you are at like 45, mm -hmm. reset, take him outside to the to the living room. 
and just sit with him for a minute and then just tickle him and tickle him for like a five minute tickle sesh, you know, not okay. constant, but like, I'm going to get you and then you get daddy and da 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 da. And okay. then, okay, let's read one more story and then we're going to go back up to, and then you've separated the stress of why won't you fucking sleep from what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have moved to a different yeah. area of the house, and then you get to okay. go back up there, and it's refreshed. Okay. Uh, if that doesn't work, I I know some people who can recommend a whole bunch of essential oils to you. <laughs> <laughs> and the less said about them, the better. Yeah, indeed. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> lavender, lavender fixes everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I. One person was like, oh, we it was worth it. It was totally worth it just for the expression on your face. (laughs) One person I know who I will not name and and y'all can make your guesses if you want. You're probably wrong. Um, uh, But they were like, yeah, I put eucalyptus oil in the infuser and that gets in the air and that helps his lungs. I'm like, you're putting oil in the air that he's breathing. (laughs) (sighs) And and, you know. In, in the case of in the case of our household, I don't want to be putting anything eucalyptus in the air because uh, my wife is asthmatic, yeah. and our son might be. Yeah. And uh, for for some not small percentage of asthmatics, uh, eucalyptus is triggering as fuck. Yes. So, like, no. Oh, and I'll go you one better. <laughs> then they're like, "Well, it's okay. It was more powerful because it was diffused." And I'm like, "Well, then I overdosed today because I didn't take any." At all, right? So I took the yeah, strongest. Well, I mean, that's, like it just, yeah, that's uh, no. I mean, like you know, in 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 homeopathic theory, we're both you know uh, massively overdosed on heroin right now. Yes, you know, yes, like so. Wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and then and then you know, if they're really into the the you know details of all that stuff, they then try to explain. Well, no, see, because it's all about uh, uh, emanations and and you know wavelengths of energy. And like, yeah, no, I, I threw like a little bit of a eucalyptus uh, ball into Lake Erie and I poisoned all of Michigan. So, yeah. 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 And, and, and anybody truly espousing that level of homeopathic theory needs to read a physics textbook because there are specific scientific definitions for wavelength and for energy and for resonance. <laughs> and that doesn't meet any of them. Indeed. Like, No. Now, no. here's the funny thing. It did totally trigger my nose, though. I'm smelling like and none of this shit exists in my house, but I'm smelling eucalyptus right now. Like, that's how powerful <laughs> it, it was to mention. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, the the mental. Yeah. No, yeah. Your brain does weird shit like that to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the moment the moment anybody in the room says anything about there being bugs, like sometimes you get the creepy oh, crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody tells a story about running into a spider, you start going like. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Watch watch certain movies and you start getting a swallow reflex. It's weird. (laughs) Okay. And moving on, we're walking. You don't want to watch Abyss. That's fine. I really don't. (laughs) Really, really don't. What are we doing tonight? Uh, Besides bashing a a very legitimate way of taking people's money. Uh, very legit. Yes, entirely. As as a way of taking people's money, it's truly legit. Um, as scientific theory, it's crap. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, what we we were discussing uh, after the last time we recorded, um, that we we kind of wanted to go back to some of the the kind of lighter hearted uh, 
I hesitate to say more frivolous, but that's the phrase that comes to mind, uh, kind of stuff that, that we had done very early in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we specifically talked about uh, doing the the long expected but but still not done sequel to our Statting Out a Historical Figure episode mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, we, we had determined that what we were going to need to do was stat out a bunch of uh, literary characters. Yes. Um, and then, and then come up, try to come up with a party that could beat the player character party that we had, uh, from that episode of, of historical figures, which is going to be really hard to do. I'm kind of proud of the fact that we won't be able to, I genuinely don't think we'll be able to, (laughs) and I'm proud of it. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. that's right. Real life badasses are still better than literary badasses. Oh yeah, well I, it, you know, uh, I want to give a shout out to my my seventh grade world history teacher, uh, Mr. Beck, uh, who um, caught me repeatedly. I don't, I, you know, probably more than more than I could count on one hand, uh, number of times over the course of the year, uh, digging out a Dungeons and Dragons book uh, when when I was supposed to be you know working on something, mm-hmm. and and his refrain to me always was the things that you can learn about happening in history are far more interesting and far more crazy than anything you're going to find in that book. Now, nothing in history is going to be quite so terrifying as a beholder. Just going to say eldritch abomination, alien, you know, thing with, you know, laser beam eye stocks. But with that said, um, there is plenty of crazy shit in history that has, in fact, proven him largely right ever since. That's cool. Um, and, and yeah, and <laughs> and so um, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's 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 going to be interesting to see um, whether or not we'll be able to top that. I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't think we will. Uh, but with that being said, mm-hmm. um, that isn't what we're doing tonight. Oh. Uh, what we did do what we agreed to do uh, was instead uh, we were going to try to come up with stats for each other. Yes. We were going to stat one another out as Dungeons and Dragons characters. And then each of us was going to do a version of producer George. Yes. Uh, and he unfortunately is not here uh, to hear all of this in person. Cause I, I would, I would dearly love to, to witness that. And we would this time uh, turn on the microphone so it would catch his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Softly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so so we we have I have a version of Damien Harmony. You have a version of Ed Blaylock and we each have a version of George Hart. Mm-hmm. And um, again, this is using Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition rules uh, because this is the set of rules that the two of us have experience playing with together yes. uh, in a campaign previously. And, you know, actually. In terms of D and D, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a grognard. I'm a paleo gamer from way the hell back with D and D. But I know Star Wars, the the West End Star Wars, has been your your biggest one. Uh-huh. In terms of in terms of D and D, what what editions are you like fluent in? So I will tell you this: I started playing when it was AD and D, and I'm pretty okay. sure that George predates that because of the fact that he's hella old. Um, but, uh, <laughs> he's older than you are, dude. 
not much. Oh, well, you're both so much older than I am that it didn't matter. Oh, to me. oh, oh with a cattle prod. <laughs> you got to catch me first. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. And right now that is an issue. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. I, I, that COVID, the, the quarantine 15 is, is wrong by half with me. So <laughs> it's. <laughs> Let's just you say. Know, it's funny. My, my weight actually been stable, but I haven't. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not not only mathematically but physically too. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, George, so. I think he did first ed. I did A D and D grow uh, as a young boy, and then I got back into it. Now is A D and D and second ed the same thing? No. Okay. Um. So okay, I'm I'm gonna yep. put it on putting on pointy pointy hat D and D nerd Presto uh, yep. uh, badge right now. Um. So there is. Oh man, if you really want to get elitist as far as like I've been playing since dot dot dot, um, there was originally a set of pamphlets that were put together uh, that were the Blackmore rules, which are, depending on which historian of it all you want to talk to, it's mostly Dave Arneson with Gary Gygax being the one to go, hey, we got to put all that together and like spread that out. Mm-hmm. Then there is the Tan Box, which is the the original, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or Greyhawk box, uh, which was also little little kind of paper bound booklets, but it was all boxed up nicely. And then you have Dungeons and Dragons, uh, also known as the Basic Game or the Basic Rules, which was still very much Arneson's baby. And then you get to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is is often referred to as First Edition AD and D. Um, and then that is where you really see Gygax come to the fore as the editor, designer of a bunch of clunky add-on systems to it all, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that that if if there are fanboys out in our audience anywhere uh i have probably already offended the high cult of gygax by by describing things that way we're a big company here yeah yeah well yeah we try to be anyway um and then so that's that's first edition ad and d and then in 1990 i'm thinking trying to remember no might have been yeah i want to say it's about 89 or 90 Uh, i'd have to look it up but second edition ad and d was released and okay. then, and and that was take AD and D from from you know Gygax's imaginings and all the stuff he'd added to it, and streamline it, and simplify it, and add a couple of not really add a couple of mechanics, but but kind of make a couple of mechanics officially part of the game. That's where you actually sure. saw proficiencies really become like this is part of the core rules. Is on top of being a fighter and knowing how to use these four weapons and this that and the other thing. You also have these three non-weapon skills mm-hmm. that are things that you're good at doing. Mm-hmm. You know, as a rogue, you got four. As a I, oh, and 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 my one, my my really big beef with the shift from first edition AD and D to second edition AD and D was um, they they how to put it boulderized uh or or kind of kind of made kind of made family friendly uh some of the some of the some of the content within the game the thief class got renamed the rogue mm. no 
I'm sorry, anybody can be a rogue. To be a thief, you have to be a professional with a very specific set of skills. Okay. Okay. Rogues, rogues, rogues are anybody who, you know, wears their hat at a cocked angle. Frank Sinatra was a rogue, okay? Uh, or, or he likes to, to put on a roguish air. No, 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 no. As a thief, you, you have it. That is a profession. That is, that is something you do. Okay. Anyway, moving on. I can rant about that later. So then second edition ran until <sighs> for a very long time. And then it got, it got upgraded to third edition. And then that got clunky very fast, got turned into 3.5 which lasted longer and got massively clunky uh, and had way too many splat books and way too many, too many add-ons. That was, that was the age of the open license too. Like long as you fit with Mm -hmm. what we're doing, we'll, we'll, we got a problem with it, which I I liked because it was kind of GURPS meets D and D. Yeah. In in a lot of ways, I, I think, I think it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's one good way of simplifying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the downside to that was it meant that there was this explosion of additional, like new rules and variant rules and all this stuff. And after several years, the way those rules are all started interacting with each other started becoming kind of problematic. Yes. Got really clunky, got really hard to keep track of. Uh, my, my former college roommate, very good, very, very good friend. One of, one of my brothers of choice, um, you know, in a campaign we were playing in using the 3.5 rules, uh, he would travel to the game, literally carrying two backpacks Mm -hmm. in order to have all of the rule books that were needed to keep track of all the stuff that his character could do because of feats. Because he had one feat out of one book, two feats out of another book, sure. and, and his his class variant had come out of yet another one, and it, it just it became nuts. And so then three point so uh, wizards said, uh, okay, okay, we're we're going to go in a new direction. We're gonna we're gonna change up how we're doing things. We're gonna do a radical reimagining of of, of how the game in how some of the mechanics in the game are gonna work. We're going in this direction with with fourth edition. Mm-hmm. And then um, <clears throat> Pezo Publishing, who had for a long time been a division of Wizards of the Coast, they wound up spinning off at that point and they said, no, you know what? We think the 3.5 mechanic is better and the way to go and what you're coming up with is not really going to be like D&D. You guys own the copyright, but we're going to take that mechanic and kind of wiggle it a little bit, and we're going to do our own thing, and that became Pathfinder. Right, which was in some ways um, them trying to answer the fact that everybody was staying at home and playing World of Warcraft. Well, okay, so 4th edition, mm-hmm. D&D... Was a was very much a response to World of Warcraft because yeah. of the way that abilities worked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't understand who you were who who you meant when you were oh, saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Trans- yeah. Fourth ed. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth edition was was very much that way. Now, I briefly ran a fourth edition game. I played briefly in another fourth edition game, and I really enjoyed the daylights out of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was in a lot of ways very different. It was uh, streamlined and simplified, 
Um, and it, it didn't have the massive kind of crunch that, that three, five had and that Pathfinder had later, but I had a lot of fun with it and I, I felt that it felt plenty like D and D. Sure. Uh, but there were an awful lot of people who, who felt really, really betrayed by wizards of the coast trying to turn their role playing game into this thing that was like this, you know, MMO on the tabletop kind of thing. And, and they were really upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I don't agree with them, but I can kind of understand when you've spent a whole bunch of years being really invested in, in this thing, it can, it can hurt to have that happen. Um, and so anyway, that's, that's, that's the short version of the edition wars after fourth edition was out for a few years. Um, they went back to the drawing board and kept some of the parts about fourth edition that were simplified, stripped a bunch of other stuff out, made a bunch of other stuff feel more like second edition mm-hmm. in some ways, and then reintroduced it as fifth edition, which I like. I have I have my issues with some of it. I, I think um, parts of it have been oversimplified. Um, I'm an armor nerd, and so the way they the way they work with armor types mm-hmm. and the very generic kind of you know, uh, description of, of what armor types are and how they work and all of that doesn't feel granular enough to me. Um, but that's the kind of stuff you can, you can house rule and, and it's not, it's not really a problem with, with any part of the game per se, if that makes sense. Sure. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the history of that. Okay. So to answer your question, I played a D and D as a kid. And then uh, when I was working at Virtual World, uh, we started a second ed uh, edition or second edition game, um, a homebrew world that the guy created. And then and that's when I was also in West End Games, Star Wars. Uh, And then uh, I came up here to Sacramento and got into an Al-Kadim game. And I was just looking for a, a a group of guys to game with. Yeah. Got yeah, into yeah. an Alcadim game, um, and then third edition dropped, and we converted it. Uh, and then okay. 9-11 happened, and he didn't feel very comfortable about doing Alcadim anymore. And, okay. And so we ended up traveling to a different world, and then the group fell apart, and that's what burst our West End Games Star Wars group that I played for 15 years. Um, I didn't play much fourth ed or Pathfinder at all. I've played just a little bit of it like at cons. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I also played Saga, which was very reminiscent. Uh, Saga okay, is a Star yeah. Wars system. Um, yeah. Because Star Wars had also, um, they they got rid of, like West End Games, they lost the, the license or they folded, I forget which. But then, yes. um, they, yeah, why not <laughs> the both? Answer, the answer is yes. Por que no los dos. Yeah. Uh, and so when they folded, uh, the license went to, I want to say wizards. It was wizards. Yeah. It, yeah, wizards. Wizards became the four hundred pound gorilla mm-hmm. and of, then, of tabletop role playing, and it was all it was all because of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, started started with a card game, yeah. and then they made enough money. They were just like, you know what? We're going to own this whole sector of the mm-hmm. leisure market. Like here we go. So then they three owed uh, Star Wars, and it didn't work hardly at all. And then they sagaed Star Wars, and that worked a lot better, um, a lot better. I never, I never had the chance to play the saga edition. I played the D twenty version, and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel 
Star Warsy. Yeah, the saga yeah. saga gets closer to it. Um, and then I never got to play the fantasy flight version with the dice pools, unfortunately. Okay. But yeah. I got back into D and D with the group that you and I played with, um, in five, uh, five E and I like five yeah. E a lot because I liked three and three, five a lot because it, it went away far enough away from simulationism and into role-playing and five E absolutely facilitates the role-playing more. And I like that a lot. I'm not as much okay. an armor nerd. I'm not as much a, like, I want a weapon that does a fair amount of damage and is odd. I can still find that in 5e. <laughs> I'm a happy guy. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was the guy who was like, do I really have to take a feat to get a three-section staff? Okay, fine, I will. You know, and it was, yeah. you know, I was I was like that. What I really liked oh, about... yes, you and, you and your monks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone's got to open the doors. Um, but uh, what I really liked about... Uh, third three five and five is that it absolutely actually incentivizes being a human and i never yes. liked playing humans and i found myself like the first five characters i played was oh i'm going human again um yeah yeah well yeah because because that that additionally if you play with the with the variant human rules that additional feat at first level man makes a difference a bfd mm-hmm. that yeah. is a big big fucking deal especially in this edition when when feats are few and far between whereas three five and three oh were very feet heavy because it was the new mechanic yeah um and there was and that was still kind of based on mmos because they were essentially skill trees you have to have this to get this you have to have this to get this you have to get this so you're like well what level are you i'm like eighth level and i've almost got a feat that i enjoy you know yeah so. Yeah, I have to. I have to put in. I, I got to grind. I got to grind the first twelve levels of my character to get to the point where I can actually, you know, do whirlwind do attack. Con- yeah. Do my concept. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. But that yeah. was still better than I thought. Better than two, and it, which was, you know, I I I didn't mind it, and it is because I wasn't as invested in the others previously. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. And so yeah, here we are, ready to um, stat each other out. I yeah. I kind of think we should both give our best shot at George first. Okay. Um, and I think that we should maybe do that right after the commercial. Okay, let's do so it. We'll we'll talk George on the other side. Hello, Geek Timers. This is producer George interrupting this podcast to let you know that we have space available. This space could be used to promote your product, book, event, group, even wish a special someone happy birthday. If you're interested in using this space, please contact us on Twitter via private message at Geek History Time. And we're back. So stat out George on the other side. Stat <laughs> out George on the other side. All right. Well, why don't right. you hit us first? Uh, tell us okay. what you did with George. Um, now, <sighs> for some background, uh, you have uh, a number of friends who are your brothers by choice, uh, your bestest buddies, people you've known for, for forever. I've known yeah. George longer than I've known Latin. Okay. I've known him before I started getting married. Um, (laughs) uh, he, uh, 
<laughs> he is Cheers my... to that, sir. I, I, <laughs> I like you. the way you phrased that. Slant well put. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> he has seen me through just about every damn thing, and I've seen him, mm-hmm. again, because he's so much older than me, I haven't seen him through every damn thing, but close to it. We, at one point, worked together, lived together, and we would game together. And so we would literally be in each other's presence for 24 hours at times. Um, and his girlfriend at the time, now his wife, and I've known them forever, um, like uh, she she would like call down to us from upstairs because she lived right above us. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, can you please turn your games down? Wow. That was, yeah. Uh, so, Damn. So I do have All the right. advantage here in that I, I think I've yeah. got him pretty well done. And and you know yeah. him not as well because he's been my best friend since I was literally nineteen. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've I've known him through through you and Indeed. and you know uh, have have not had had the honor of knowing him as long. Um, but uh, this is this is my impression. Um, and and the biggest thing I guess this this is how I'll start this with him. Uh, the, the two biggest things that have impressed me mm-hmm. about him, uh, are number one, he is, uh, singularly, uh, determined mm-hmm. when, when he has decided that, uh, there is something that, that he wants to do or that needs to be done. Um, he, he is going to do what it takes to get it done. He is going to give it his absolute best. Um, he is highly, highly, highly competent. Mm-hmm. And, and in the world that we're living in right now, that's almost a superpower. <laughs> um, he, he is one of those people who, if he doesn't know something, he's going to say, I don't know that. Give me however long and I can, I can look that up and I can figure that out. Yeah. He can slow matrix anything. Yeah. And he (laughs) will, he will do his damnedest to figure it out and get back to you with an answer. But Mm -hmm. if he doesn't know it, he's going to be honest with you about it that, you know what? I don't, I I don't know how to do that right now, but Mm -hmm. if you, if you give me a chance to learn, if you've got time, I can learn how to do it and I'll, I'll try to do that for you. True. Um, and so, so he is consistently, uh, somebody who is a learner. That's true. Uh, he is somebody who is, uh, as I said, singularly determined, and he is somebody who is um, uh, it, it, every everything that that you could ascribe to him as being a superpower is something he has worked at. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, it does. Uh, when I play, you know, one of the games we didn't mention was the TSR Marvel game, which I have a soft spot in my heart for, and clearly a soft spot in my brain for too. Yeah, um, well, yeah. But uh, there is, you can build your own characters, and there is altered human, mutant, high tech, robot, and alien, and every superhero basically falls into one of those. Okay. Like Thor's an alien, you know. Uh, altered human would be like Cap or Daredevil. Yeah. Mutant, yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah. High tech would be Iron Man or anybody who uses tech to become a superhero. Okay. Um, I would say that, uh, and then you know, robot is a robot, and alien is anybody not from this planet. Um, I would say that what you've nailed down there is the the very much that George is not an altered human. He is the high tech guy with varying degrees mm-hmm. of tech, but like the that determination. Is, is really yeah. what you're getting at. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So hit and, us with it. And so yeah. and so based on that, mm-hmm. based on based on those things. Um. Oh, and and the last thing is, um, because this is also important. Um, a very big motivator for him is his family. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Like, you know, um, he, 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 a, a big reason something will be necessary to him is so that he can do right by his wife and his kids and provide them with, with, you know, the kind of life they need and deserve. Yes. And so, so based on that, mm-hmm. um, George, is uh, the two classes that I felt fit most based on that are fighter and wizard. Okay. Which are, which are very, which are, you know, kind of, you know, basic out of the box kind of, kind of classes. They're nothing flashy like sorcerers or, or whatever. But the thing is um, fighters in, in fifth edition, um, it is, it is very explicitly stated that what makes a fighter a fighter is they have studied how to how to be a fighter they 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 are martial artists in their right. own way you know uh, and wizards cast spells that they have learned That's that true. they study okay they hit the books okay they do the homework and so um and the the race i assigned to him uh for the the uh, attachment to family and for the level of endurance involved is hill dwarf. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, now, so hill dwarf fighter wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go to stats next. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength of sixteen because fighter. Mm-hmm. Dex twelve. Mm-hmm. Con eighteen because all the bonuses dwarf. Intelligence eighteen, mm-hmm. uh, because it started out fairly high. Because I knew I was going to make him a wizard, and then several of his level stat adjustments went into that. Mm-hmm. Wisdom fourteen, charisma thirteen. Um, not because I don't think he's charming, but he is not the guy who gets out in front of the group. No, and he's making finger guns. You know, right. He's so, more of a soother. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. Uh, background is guild artisan. All right. Uh, smiths and forgers, specifically. Okay. Um, personality trait. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah. Ideal. Uh, aspiration to learn and get better. His his goal is his 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 driving goal as a fighter and a wizard is to get better at doing those things, mm-hmm. uh, and his bond is uh, to want to build a better life for his family. And his his personality flaw, as I defined it here, uh, for for anybody who wants to try to role play this character later on is he does not give himself sufficient credit for how competent he actually is. That all scans. So now, uh, the fun stuff, mm-hmm. um, levels, 10th level fighter. Okay. Sixth level wizard. All right. Now I went outside the player's handbook oh. for fighter. Because the archetype for fighters 
didn't didn't really seem to fit to me. Um, I wound up going with the samurai archetype out of uh, the Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Oh, wow. So 10th level samurai fighter, and I'm going to get to why I chose that in a minute. And then as a wizard, his school of specialization is abjuration, which for anybody who's not, yeah, yeah. precisely, anybody anybody who's not a D&D nerd, George isn't the kind of guy to go in flinging fireballs and lightning bolts and, you know, clouds of acid or anything like that. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> fireball all day every day i don't right, care right just like you know, immolate everything yeah uh <laughs> like i'm sorry i'm an aries it's what i do i saw uh, this thing recently it was there's no eye in team but there are six eyes in i don't give a shit how big the room is i cast fireball <laughs> yes yeah yes yeah and in any campaign in which i've actually been forced against my will to play a wizard mm-hmm. um they will confirm that is the kind of wizard i play i'm sorry if you're gonna make me artillery i'm gonna be artillery what do you want from me right <laughs> but that's but that's totally not george um so abjuration wizard level six so let's see skills uh insight persuasion perception and history um, as a dwarf, he gets an advantage on poison saves. He has resistance to poison damage. Uh, he has proficiency with Mason's tools and mm. with Smith's tools from his guild background. So racially, he gets he gets the the Mason's tools, and he has the proficiency from S- Smith's tools because he's a member of that guild. <clears throat> the The explanation for for that is. Um, he he has learned a number of different jobs over time yes. in order to do what needs to be done, and yes. so he knows how to do an awful lot of shit, <clears throat> which is immensely admirable. Like if if I had half his breadth of experience, yeah. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> now we get to class abilities. I'm going to start with the fighter ones because it's it's my jam. So uh, defense style, which is chosen at first level, which means uh, when he's wearing armor, he gets an additional plus one to his armor class. Okay. Uh, as a fighter at first level, you get the wonderful ability because you're you're essentially the tank, you're a tank for the party. Uh, you get the ability to do second wind once per, I want to say, short rest. Uh, and in his case, uh, at his level, as a 10th level fighter, he gets a D10 plus 10 hit points when he chooses to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, action surge, uh, meaning uh, once per short or long rest, uh, he is able to um, basically take an additional action during the turn. Um, and then, now we get to the really fun stuff. As a samurai, and this is why I chose samurai as his as his martial archetype, mm-hmm. he gets fighting spirit. Uh, by invoking fighting spirit, he gets a uh, he uses it as a bonus action to gain advantage on attack rolls and ten temporary hit points in the turn in which he chooses to do that. He can do this three times per long rest. Now, at 10th level, he gained Tireless Spirit, which means at the start of a turn, when he rolls initiative, or at the start of a combat, when he rolls initiative, mm-hmm. 
if he is out of uses of fighting spirit, he gets one back. Wow. So, I'm sorry. No, no. He can second Brain. wind his second wind to he make can a second, second, wind. second wind. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yes. Um, as a samurai, he also got the ability Elegant Courtier, which doesn't sound like the kind of thing that would necessarily be his jam in the real world, but what it does do is um, through his, the way it's described is through his self-discipline and his his uh, uh, training in, in modulating his emotions, uh, he has learned how to add his wisdom, uh, wisdom bonus to his persuasion roles. Mm-hmm. So when he needs to talk to somebody, he can properly modulate how he chooses to approach the issue nice. and, and be, be soothing or scolding or whatever as, it, as is required based on his read of the situation. And then as a fighter, he also uh, gets extra attack at this level, which means every time he uses the attack action, he gets to attack twice. And uh, this is a really good one. He has Indomitable, Mm -hmm. uh, which means two times per long rest, if he fails a saving throw, he can re-roll. That's pretty good. If the re-roll fails, he can't do it again until he takes a long rest. Okay. So... All of these, all of this stuff, of course, as a fighter, this is this is basically. I am the party tank. I'm just going to stand between the squishies and whatever's in front of me, and I'm 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 here. Right. Bring it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's his role. Now, this is probably the point at which I should point out. Um, I equipped him with plate mail because 16th level character by this time he's figured out how to afford it. <laughs> uh, and with plate mail and defensive style, he has an AC of 19. Jesus. And then because he's a dwarf with a constitution of 18, mm-hmm. he has 165 hit points. All right. So. Well done. All right. Well, hold on. I ain't done, though. Because okay. we still have his six wizard levels oh, Jesus, to go. Jesus, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now here's the thing. He's an abjurer, right? Right. Defensive, you know, warding magic. The special ability, I hadn't realized how awesome abjurers were until I looked this back up. Um, his, his school special ability is mm-hmm. arcane ward. Yes. When, when he casts an abjuration spell of first level or higher, it creates a ward with 16 hit points. So Robin. Anytime, yes, yes, yes. Robin did, throws himself in front of you and takes the damage. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> funny, you know, it just struck me uh-huh. thinking about it right now that the guy who played Robin was it's actually Burt named Burt Ward. That's what it initially like, twigged my my oh um, yeah okay. my Burt pun, Burt and then I was like, yeah. oh yeah, but also he was his but ward. also he was referred to as his ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, that that creates. This, this magical barrier mm-hmm. of 16 hit points. And if he gets hit, those 16 hit points have to be taken away before he actually starts taking damage. Right. Now, when the ward reaches zero, he can cast another abjuration spell mm-hmm. of first level or higher to recharge it with two times the level of hit points. So if he casts a third level abjuration spell, his ward goes back up to six points, and the next time he takes a hit, no, no, take away that first six hit points from right. that. Right, Okay, so I saw that, and I was like, okay, well, that's awesome. But it got awesomer 
because at sixth level, as an abjurer, mm-hmm. he gets the special ability Projected Ward. When he sees any any creature within 30 feet about to take a hit, he can say, no, no, my ward will take that. Okay. I like it. That's very George. Now, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now spells. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to point out, so he has oh. 100 and how many points? 65? 65. 165 hit points. You just gave him something that gives him another 22 on top of that, essentially, because when it drops down, then you can bounce it back up for six more. So he soaks an additional 22. Well, here's the deal. If he chooses to to, uh, uh, cast either Counterspell, Protection from Energy, or Magic Circle, which are all third-level spells... well, yeah, each, I'm sorry, I forgot for a moment he only has access to up to third level spells. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's six points. Uh, when he runs out of those, he can cast a first level spell and get two more. Okay, so 24, uh, 24 hit points. Yeah, he, he can cast, yeah, he, yeah. Um, I had it written down. Where did I put it? Um, no, the, the number of spells he's able to cast, the number of additional hit points he gets is ba- is is kind of kind of based on the number of spells he can actually get away with casting per day. It could go up from there. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, a, a conservative estimate would be yeah probably about as many as twenty four. Yeah. Or slightly more uh, additional hit points on top of all that. Plus, um, oh yeah, no, uh, give me a second to lean against this wall here. Okay, D ten plus ten, so I'm getting back a minimum of eleven. Right. Okay. You know, and up to another twenty on top of that. So, you're you're going to have to find a way to hit this guy hard. Well, yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, I was gonna say you either have to one shot him with the most powerful thing you can get, or you're a gonna have to. Weapon. What's that? A nuclear weapon. Yes, or you're going to have to um, spend two hundred to knock him down by one sixty. Like, yeah. you're going to have to spend oh. essentially 125% of the hit points that it would normally take to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So now, you know, his, his spells, because mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, again, the kind of wizard I always wind up playing uh, is, sorry, give me one second here, uh, number of spells per day. That's spell book, whatever. All right. Anyway, I'll look it up here in a second. But um, every time I've played a wizard, um, I've been the the shock him, burn him, mm-hmm. you know, blast him kind of guy. Sure. And so um, my my understanding of abjuration spells in any edition after first edition AD and D is really limited. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these abjuration spells are fucking awesome oh, and yeah. a big part of the reason and a big part of the reason is because of the way uh actions now work mm-hmm. uh because you can do stuff as a bonus action now that that you know you couldn't do before um so anyway uh his cantrips again focusing pretty heavily on on abjuration stuff where i could uh cantrips there's really only one really good um uh, uh abjuration cantrip that's blade ward mm-hmm um, then I gave him Firebolt just because, you know, you got to have a ranged attack. Right. Like mechanically, it's, right. it's crucial. 
and then because of some of some of the jobs that he has done in the past, I thought two very appropriate cantrips were mending, mm-hmm. which is you can fix stuff, and yep. prestidigitation. Uh, prestidigitation is a really great utility cantrip. Um, the the biggest most important thing uh, that it that it uh, allows you to do uh, to me is one casting of it allows you to uh, magically clean one. Uh, garment or area right uh, and, and when I first met George uh, in in the real world the job that he was doing at the time was uh, environmental cleanup work yes so you know I saw prestidigitation was like okay I can see that yeah that makes sense now now his actual leveled spells he gets he can cast 10 spells a day he has four first-level spell slots and then three slots each of second and third level. Okay. Um, and so uh, the way the way the list that I have now now that means he can cast uh, up to out of those ten spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can cast a whole bunch. He could cast any any number of first-level spells up mm-hmm. to ten. Because he can use a third level slot to to cast a first level spell, but he can only cast a maximum of three second level and or actually he can cast three second level spells plus he could cast up to six second level spells if he needed to because he can use second and third level slots for those right and he gets three slots for third level spells now the ones I have listed as the ones he has actually prepared every day don't entirely match up with the number he can cast. He can prepare 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And the ones I have, there's four of them at first level. Shield. Naturally. Mage Armor. Mm-hmm. Alarm. Okay. All three, of, all three of which are abjuration spells. Right. And would immediately allow him to say, oh, hey, look, that's what I'm doing, and I now have my 16 additional hit points. Right. And then Thunder Wave. So he's not only up up to his AC, but then he's also added to the hit points that you're going to have to get through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I need to explain about why Shield is like fucking amazing in this edition. Oh, I can tell you. I let me let me see if I can uh, jump ahead okay. on that. All right. It's the one spell that blocks magic missiles. Number one. Mm-hmm. There's that. But the thing that's really awesome about it, from the point of view of somebody who, like, up until 3.5, mm-hmm. I really didn't enjoy playing Wizards because it was a logistics game. Right. Whereas with Shield, it's a reaction spell, right? It was, it was, yes. Now, Shield is a reaction spell. It used yes. to be. If you wanted to cast Shield, it had to be, okay, well, we're going into a fight. I'm going to cast Shield now. And that used, and like, you had to memorize that ahead of time. Right. And it used up one of your spells per day. And if you're a first level wizard, it's like, oh, well, I'm spent. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. that, and then I'll cast like, one fireball. And then, and or, or I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to have to stand here with a quarterstaff looking stupid for the rest of the adventure. Yeah. Like first level, being a first level wizard sucked nads. So now uh, you can have it prepared, 
And when that orc walks up to you and says, ha ha, you're a squishy wizard. I'm going to hit you over the head. You go, no. And as a reaction cast shield, your AC immediately goes up by five for the rest of the turn. And you've done it as a reaction. Yes. Holy fuck. It completely changes how that works. And then with the addition of, you know, now I have a cantrip, so every turn I can be throwing a firebolt for, you know, a D10 damage. Mm-hmm. You know, save for half or whatever it is. Sure. It's it's like, oh my god, playing a wizard doesn't suck anymore at low level, or any level really anymore. Um, so mage armor, by contrast, is you touch somebody else. or You your, can touch yourself, but if you have enough armor on, it won't make a difference. It, it, in, yeah, in his case, he's never going to do it because yeah. he's he's a tank who can cast spells. Right. So, so mage armor is going to be on, you know, the monk. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This doesn't count as armor. This will add to your, this will change your base armor class, and then you can add all your funky you know, uh, monk wizardry stuff on top of that. And there you go. Um, and then alarm is a camp spell, but useful. And then thunder wave. Um, I, I had, um, I underestimated the power of thunder wave as a, as a DM (laughs) when I was giving spells to the pre-generated characters that I was handing to people in the, in the campaign that I was going to run. I underestimated thunder wave. The player underestimated thunder wave until he cast it the first time. And everybody in the party went, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's it's an awesome spell. So then second level, uh, nothing especially exciting, magic weapon and scorching ray. Okay. Because there, aren't, there actually aren't any abjuration spells at second level. Third level, though, we get counter spell. Ooh, good oh, good one. Casting, you're casting a spell. Is it third level or lower? Fuck you. Right. Is it higher than that? Okay. Uh, make a say, or I, I make a skill roll. If I roll high enough, still fuck you. Right. Protection from energy. Oh, Hey, you know what? We know we're going to be going up against elementals or, you know, a sure. fire wizard, sure. uh, protection from energy. You're now resistant to that. Or I'm the tank. Hey, look, I'm resistant to that. Suck it. Right. So now my okay. AC is through the roof. My hit points are extra, extra. And now I'm taking half damage anyway. So now you're going to have to do about yeah. 200% to knock me all the way yeah. down. Yeah. 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 So now, now when you hit me with a fireball, if, I'm, if I fail my save, I'm still taking half damage. If I make my save, I'm only taking one quarter of the damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, please throw me in that briar patch. I beg you. Actually, uh, it doesn't work that way. If I if I fail my save, I take half. If I make my save, I take none. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And by wow. the way, uh, we are definitely going to give our social medias at the end of this because I know there will be people who are like, oh, you know what, you read that rule wrong." Uh, yeah. On both oh, of us, so sure. We welcome it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, continue. But in the meantime, uh, dispel magic, mm-hmm. which is. Um, alteration or transmutation but still useful and kind of fits the kind of fits the brand and magic and magic circle Uh which which as a as a student of you know real world you know stories of demonology and stuff i'm always a fan of it's no no within this radius if you're an outsider of any particular kind i choose you don't get to come in here right not in my house right no 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 
Um, and so there you go. Nice. That is that is my version of producer George. Okay. Um, so basically, unkillable determinator. I like it. Yeah, I like it. How about you? Well, what, what did you, your good friend? What I've done for George Hart, producer George, is um, I took his history into account a little bit. Um, he started off as a cleric of the forge. Uh, One thing that's been true about George uh, since I've known him is that he is a man of faith. Um, And uh, I don't want to speak too much to that because he's not here to correct me. Um, But he's a man of faith. (laughs) And he's also always, always enjoyed knowing how things go and building things and making things. And, And he's shared with me various philosophies on how churches run and his role within that and, and stuff like that. Um, okay. So Cleric Forge, level two. Okay. Then he goes on to be a monk, level one. Okay. This is going to be a long path, but I'm eager to see where it leads. Then All he right. goes on to be Artificer, level 15. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. he's an 18th back level up. character. Okay, back up. Sure, sure. Back up. Back up. Sure. Why one level of monk? What what Cuz he studied enough of martial arts to have an appreciation uh, of and okay. a knowledge of, but he studied it in the same way that like I study Star Wars. Like it was very academic for him. He'd put it into practice, but it was his mind was always working around it whether or not his body would. Um, so yeah, he went cleric forge, then monk, then artificer to the extreme. Um, he is a rock gnome. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and because there is a good deal of, of joy in him, uh, but also because rock gnomes are known tinkerers. Yes. Um, his, uh, background, uh, you and I matched up perfectly guild artisan. Although okay. I said he was a guild artisan of tinkers, pewter ca- pewters, and casters. I nearly went with that one. Yeah. But but based on his most recent set of set of work, mm-hmm. um, I, I figured the the bigger, heavier metal was probably sure sure more fitting. Um, he he makes things all the time, you know, in in other ways mm-hmm. too. So uh, you know, his his stats are fairly unremarkable. Strength of fourteen because he's a, a fairly strong fellow. A dex of 13, largely to answer to the fact that his hands are pretty nimble. Um, a con of 18. Um, okay. A intelligence of 18. A wisdom of 16. Uh, I think the the con and the wisdom both went up on account of being a guinome. Mm-hmm. And a charisma of 10. Because that's, a, you know, average human charisma. Okay. Um, he has, uh, let's see. So dark vision, that's a racial thing. Um, he has gnomish cunning which gives him advantage on all saves versus magic that involve intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So what's that? You're a spellcaster? Cool. Yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's yeah. arcane? Yeah, about that. That's cute. Yeah, that's adorable. That's really cute. That's oh, really, really... Oh, I bet you that you. works on all the other people. Um, oh, he, except elves, because that's an enchantment spell. Yep. Um, he also has um, Artificer Lore, um, which gives him a, uh, a double bonus proficiency to any intelligence history checks regarding magical 
or alchemical devices or tech devices. Indeed. Because George knows like the history of computers inside and out. He's the only person I ever knew who had like a, well, I probably shouldn't talk about what he had, but like it enabled him to like figure out what phone lines worked everywhere. Like I didn't know that like, it's like, oh, okay. I think I saw that in Ninja 3 of the Domination. Like, you know. Um, so. And, and, and somehow we managed to bring shitty Ninja movies into this conversation. Of course. All right. Um, let's see. He, uh, other abilities he have tinker, um, for one hour and 10 gold pieces worth of materials. You can create a tiny clockwork device, either a toy, a fire starter or a music box. Um, I love that one of them is a fire starter because like, how is that ever going to go wrong with an adventuring party? Right. Well, and especially if you have a prodigy in the group, you need to have a fire starter. Nice. Thank you. Nice. A twisted fire starter. Yes. (laughs) So, um, he, or just uh, a kid named Regan. Well, you know, one of the, one of the two. Yeah. I don't know. Um, damn it was anyway, he took the divine domain forge, um, which came out of Xanthar's. Um, and here's why after a long rest, you can imbue one weapon or piece of armor with magic and it becomes a magic item plus one to the AC, uh, for if it's armor plus one to the attack, if it's a weapon. And that's cool, okay. right? So he can he he makes others better by his efforts. Yeah. Um What I really love though is the channel divinity. You can create simple items for one hour. You can if you spend an hour, you can make an item that costs no more than a hundred gold pieces. Yeah, you can just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite something. Oh, hey, the fighter's sword broke. No worries. Yeah, give me an hour. Oh, you want it silvered. No problem. Yeah. So, um, and then you get the, the other things. He gets, um, so that's 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 basically that. Um, and then we get to him being a monk. He's got unarmored defense. If he ever loses his armor, um, the armor mm-hmm. he gave him was uh, a chain shirt. Yeah. Okay, for a cleric, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, his weapon is a scimitar, uh, largely because George actually owns a katana. Um, okay. Because George owns a katana. Uh, <laughs> that's just a thing about George. Um, actually, didn't uh, know he was a Gryffindor, but okay. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. He, um, he had his katana end up missing on account of theft. Um, and then for his birthday one year, I, I got him that. And other oh, things nice. had been stolen as well. So, like, this was the first year that I didn't get him something that was stolen from their place for his oh, birthday wow. to replace it. Um, but, uh, so, yes, he, he he has a katana, and that was, you know, I, I figured scimitar. Um, now, his personality traits. Um, first off, I want to know how things work and what makes people tick. Okay. That's, that's, that's very him. I'm committed to the people that I care about, not to ideals. And that's very, very true. Like he care, he cares about the people more than the institution. Um, okay. The bonds were a little tougher and the flaws were a little tougher. Um, the bonds were, I owe my guild a great debt for forging me into the person I am. I kind of take that as like his experiences and various people along the way who've taught him. Okay. And then the flaws, no one must ever learn that I once stole money from the guild coffers. Now, I I don't think George stole anything from anybody. 
But George raised hell when he was younger in his college town. Uh... They put an indicator into the orange juice that turned people's pee blue. (laughs) So there you go. Okay. So that that gets him to being a the the <laughs> guild artisan. You know, I've heard about that prank. I had never known anybody who actually mm-hmm. did it before. Yep. And they and then they called basically the health center of the college and said, Here's what we did. Here's when we did it. Expect these phone calls. <laughs> and and that's how we know he's good aligned. Right. Yeah. So I have him as neutral yeah. good, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um now he um, as, as did I. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, by the way, his skills, he, he's got athletics, history, insight, because he can read people, um, persuasion, and religion. Uh, he gets uh, the double proficiency bonus to his history checks when it comes to certain things. Um, and then, uh, what have you? Oh, yes. Um, he, uh, his saving throws... Um, you know he's he's proficient in wisdom and charisma saving throws, but mm-hmm. his saving throw for intelligence is a plus ten, um, and he's got advantage wow. on that against magic. Like just yank, yank in a illusion him. Um, yeah. So he's got magical tinkering as an artificer would. Uh, you can use tools and touch an item, uh, and it gives it five feet of light. Uh, or you can call is it to play a recording that's six seconds long which can be heard within 10 feet, uh, or it can emit an odor or a nonverbal sound continuously. Um, it can emit a static image, including up to 25 words printed. Um, it can keep it up, and he can keep that up for as many objects as he has intelligence. Um, so he can create like four different items. Okay. Boom. Um, now, where artificers really get their thing is their infusion ability. He has 10 yes. known infusions. Okay. And he is able to infuse five items at any time. And he's what's called a maverick specialist, um, which gives him something called arcane breakthrough, which essentially he has access to the spells in ranger, warlock, bard, and wizard. Um, Ranger. Yep. Warlock. Warlock. Bard. Bard. Wizard. Wizard. So he's got breath. All of it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of overlap between bard and cleric in in some very intriguing ways. Um, Now, uh, he also... uh, He also has more, you know, class abilities, essentially. Arcane Breakthrough. He can prepare an additional first level spell and an additional second and third and fourth level spell. So now he's got more spells he can prepare. He's also a cantrip specialist. He knows one extra cantrip beyond his limit. Okay. And he can always choose from what uh, arcane breakthrough he adds it to. So he can sub it out after a uh, short rest. So I have an extra cantrip. Oh, I'm going to use this. You know what? We're all really hungry. I'm going to grab this, you know, or or what happened. Okay. 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 Um, He's also a cantrip savant, which gives him a plus three, two attacks and saves of all cantrips you're doing plus three damage in addition to whatever you roll on your cantrip that's insanely powerful 
That's that's yeah. Yeah. That's quite and a thing. plus three to do attack with it too. Not just the damage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and you can replace the cantrip with one from the breakthrough list as an action. Um, now you can just be like, uh, you know what? Let me get this. You know, and I just kind of imagine him as having just like a bunch of like little booklets of you know spells that he's going to want to use. Then he's also got superior breakthroughs which allows him to cast the arcane breakthrough as though it's a second level or higher. <laughs> and wow. And he can do this four times per long rest because of his intelligence bonus. Okay. So just yeah. Then he's also got something called work in progress as an action you can replace one artificer spell that you've prepared with another once per rest. So Whatever he basically has the Batman utility belt in his head when it comes to spells, and then he gets final breakthrough, which is you get one additional spell slot for every level, but they only work for the bonus uh, from the arcane breakthrough. So it just shit keeps stacking up, and it's 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 not necessarily you don't you don't get to cast like three hundred spells, but now you have the entire library to choose from. Jesus. So then he also gets something called right tool for the job. And I've witnessed George do this. Um, You can magically create artisanal tools that you need in one hour. And you can do that during a rest while everybody's short resting. And it counts as a short rest for you still. And they last until you use this ability again. So, (laughs) hey, guys, we can't get into that door and we need to short rest. No problem. Now we can get into that door. Yeah, I made a pick. Yeah. He also, yeah. I gave him squat nimbleness so that he can move at 30. Um, okay. And it also gives him, uh, what it, it gave him a bonus to athletics. Um, okay. He also has observant. Um, okay. Because George is observant. Which is bumps up his passive observant. wisdom perception to uh, an 18, by the way. So good luck even just trying to get something like past sneaking him. Sneaking past him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has Damn. tool expertise, which double proficiency to the tools that he's proficient with. And I'm going to have to read you that list. Um, he has a flash of genius, which means he can add his intelligence modifier to his ability check or save for himself or for another creature within 30 feet. Okay. So what's that? You're you're needing to do a deck save? No problem. I got plus four for you. Um, All right. And he can use his intel he can use that four times per long rest. Um he's got magic item adept. He can attune up to uh well and that and that bonus is up to five items with magic item savant. Um and if you craft a magic item with a rarity of common or uncommon, it takes a quarter of the time and ta- and costs half the cost. So you remember that thing that you could build? In an hour, yeah, that costs a hundred. Now it costs fifty, and 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 this is a magic item, by the way, that I'm making. And now everybody has a ring of protection or whatever. Like you know, now never. And there you go. I've just helped the group. I, I've made four rings in two hours. Um, spell storing. He can create an item that can store one first or second level artificer spell in an item, and it stays in that item until two times his intelligent mod uses. So until he's used it eight times, he can do this once per long rest. So I know that I'm going to need this spell, so I'm going to load up my spell 
thing here, my spell pick. I'm going to put that in my pocket, and now I'm going to memorize all my spells. And I, oh shit, I ran out of my spells. I got eight more of this one. Okay, so, hold on. Yeah, now hold I can on. be a pretender sorcerer, basically. Okay, yeah, hold on though. Mm -hmm. Question. Sure. To use a ring of spell storing, do you have to be a member of, in this, I'm trying to remember, in this edition, do you have to be a member of the class that uses that spell? So could he load up a ring mm -hmm. and hand it to the thief and say, when you get out front, hit him with this and then come running back? I think the thief would have to bond with it or attune with it. Okay. And then they could use it. And thieves, actually, okay. funny that you would mention uh, the rogue because a rogue would, um, they, they get like a, you can kind of pick it up kind of spell Yeah. when it yeah, comes yeah. to that. But yeah. Okay. Um, wow. He right. can also now ignore all class, race, spell, and level requirements for attunement and magic item use. What? Yeah. He's got magic, magic item savant for up to five items. Oh, what's this? That's so, made only so, for elves? I can use it too. Yeah, whatever. I, I yeah. figured I'd know the key. Yeah. Oh, Holy Avenger. Well, you know, mm -hmm. wouldn't be my first choice, but why not? This will do. Now, uh, as far as his spells, I'm going to hit his spells. Then I'm going to come back to his proficiencies because I think that's the PS de resistance. Okay. His, his right. spells, he has three cleric spells and five artificer spells plus one um, in cantrips alone. Uh, res okay. and and it's it's nothing particularly um, amazing. It's you know your standard resistance, sacred flame, guidance, light, mage hand, mending, mm -hmm. prestidigitation, shocking grasp. Okay, but the fact is he has nine cantrips. Yes, he knows eleven artificer spells. Okay. Um, he also has, you know, a couple cleric spells that are given because you know at second level cleric you get this many domain spells. Yeah, Identify yeah. and Searing Smite, which means that now he has Absorb Elements, which makes a lot of sense. Um, catapult, uh, Grease, and Sanctuary. Okay. Um, and then he also has, uh, at second level, he's got Arcane Lock, Sea Invisible, Magic Mouth, because you remember the game of Scion that we played and he had that yeah, ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Invisibility, because okay. George does kind of just disappear. Even though he's sitting right in front of you. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very, very good at blending into the background yeah. until he has something to share mm -hmm. and then, you know, startling the shit out of everybody with, oh my God, you've been watching the whole time. Yeah. He him, also has him, Dispel Magic. My, my buddy Alex would get along real well on that. <laughs> that's. He has, that's uh, and you and I actually gave him very similar spells here. Uh, dispel Magic, Protection from Energy. I also gave him Water Breathing because he loved scuba diving when he was younger. Okay. All right. Um, at fourth level, he's got Fabricate, Mordenkind's Private Sanctum, okay. and Liaman's Secret Chest. All right. So a lot of hiding shit type stuff. Yeah. Carrying stuff around. Yeah. Having all the things well, hey, he needs. We need, we need to make camp. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many of tents. you are there? Great. No yeah. problem. Tents. Yeah. Tents. That's cute. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So now his proficiencies, right. he knows, yes, he knows common and gnomish makes sense. Yeah. He can wear light or medium armor. He can do shields. He can do simple weapons. He can do heavy armor. Cool. He can okay. use short swords and hand crossbows. Cool. Okay. He knows okay. dwarven, 
because he got an extra okay. language along the way. He knows martial yeah. weapons. Cool. Okay. He also is proficient in tinker's tools, smith's tools, thieves' tools, woodworker's tools, forgery kit, navigator's tools, carpenter's tools. It's like eight. Yeah. Yeah. So so he, he really is no shit the utility man. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He I is like it the, a lot. the Swiss Army knife. Swiss, um, Swiss Army Swiss Army dude. Yeah. Now yeah. I did not push hard for him to have a whole ton of hit points, so his hit points are 147, which is still nothing to shake a fist at. Yeah, well, no. So, I mean, it, at... But, yeah. So, he's 10th level artificer, so he's 18th level overall. Yeah, it's, that's pretty good. Yeah. High, high constitutional do that for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. So, he's going to be the nice version of Tony Stark. He's going to out, <laughs> out-device you yeah. the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. It works. So, I like it. Yeah. So, um, of those two, I mean, obviously, I got home field advantage with George because I, I know him well. But yeah. I, I want to put a challenge out to George. He's heard both of these. I want him to weigh in and send me an audio file I can drop into the beginning of the next episode. Um, because okay. we've taken up all our time fawning over George. We need to actually get to get to each other each in other. the next episode. Yeah. So. Okay. So if anybody disagrees with our read of the rules um, or anything like that. Um, or, or if anybody else out there is, you know, a producer George Stan and, yes. uh, you know, wants to argue with us over how well we captured him, you know, alternatively. That works too. I like that. Either way, uh, where can they find you his, on the social media? If his medias? wife listens. Um, I'm at uh, Mr. Blaylock. Mm-hmm on uh the the tiktok mm-hmm. uh and the instagram and i can be found on the twitter machine at eh blaylock uh now we collectively mm-hmm. can be found on twitter at geek history time and you sir where can we find you you can find me at duh harmony d-u-h-h-a-r-m-o-n-y two h's in the middle there um, on the Twitter and the Insta. You can also find me every Tuesday night on uh, twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. I'm also going to be on Punderdome in September, September 17th. So I've expanded my repertoire from not just being Sacramento and England, but also uh, in New York. So if this drops before then, please check that out. Uh, just type in Punderdome pun competition uh, and you'll see that there will be one uh, recording live uh, from New York. So I'll be bouncing so, in on that. I have a question for yeah. you about that. Sure. Who run Barter Town? <laughs> Master Blaster. All right. Yeah. So, uh, well, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s. <laughs>